0: All new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete, affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C A N O T A M B O S.com and enter promo code TURNEDUP. One word, TURNEDUP for 20% off. CANO Tambos. So that one, four, five, and six are what
1: 90% of all of the music we listen to is written with but now you know the secrets so when you're listening to the radio or your iPods or whatever check it out
0: broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee
1: offering a glimpse inside the music industry shedding
0: light on things they don't want you to know and exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets you're listening to the Turned Up Podcast presented by Real Sound Productions here are your hosts Jake Jones it feels like I'm taking a bath with my socks on and Robert Venable we say clip clop we don't say oh
1: that horse is clop clipping away (laughs) (laughs) that sounds funny Howdy doody. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Who are
0: we? What's what's up with that? Nashville's getting to us, I think. I don't know. You and I were hanging out last night, and I just, did you count how many pickup trucks that were lifted,
1: large wheels, and American flags sticking out of the bed? Well, yeah, I heard them coming before I saw them, and then I turned around and saw like a parade of trucks every five seconds.
0: This is absolutely a true story. There were they just kept coming and every time Robert would just say,
1: there's America. 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 Welcome to the South. Welcome to the South and welcome to the to Turned Up Podcast. Yeah, this is episode eight. We're calling uh, this one. Sounds good to me. Let's put sounds in quotes. I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see me. I'll turn up the mic. Air quotes. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. Do you hear that? <laughs> Do you hear the air quotes? <laughs> so this one's going to be fun. Um, first of all, we need to introduce who we are. Well, I am Robert Venable, and I'm Jake... Yeah, That's weird. That's, yeah, I'm a liar. That's not true. Right in front of me is Jake Jones. He is an acclaimed engineer, producer. He's doing the chicken dance right this second. True story. Um, Not lying. (laughs) If he sounds like he's out of breath, it's because he's literally doing it. Uh, He plays guitar, so he knows... A lot of chords and notes and things, which is relevant to today's conversation. That's right. Uh, he plays in a band called As We Ascend, which I also play in, but different instruments without notes. And uh, let's. besides doing the chicken dance, one of his favorite things are Hot Pockets.
0: <laughs> that is true. I don't even think you knew that about me. I think you just made that up, but that
1: is true. I love Hot Pockets, and I would not have survived through high school without them. I'm going to correct you. You like the first bite of the Hot Pocket because everyone after that is just the roof of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Molten hot magma.
0: <laughs> well, man, I'm sitting across from Robert Venable, and I'm honored completely to call him my friend, my co host, and my bandmate. Uh, he plays drums for As We Ascend, but uh, shortly before hitting the record button on this podcast, he was showing me his piano skills. And while he might humbly say no, I am truly, actually, very impressed uh, by his ability to play piano. But Robert is a producer. He is an engineer. He is a songwriter. Uh, Every time we sit down and talk, he tells me about some other multi-platinum Grammy winning artist that he has worked with. It's because I brag a lot. He doesn't brag a lot. (laughs) That's why, that's why I find out this stuff all the time. Why haven't you never told me this? Uh, The guy, his talents truly speak for themselves. Um, And, uh, and today we're going to be flexing some of those musical muscles as we talk about sound
1: and, and more particularly, why certain things in sound and music and even more than that in the, the english language why words and sentences and vowel sounds sound good in certain orders to us right this one blew my mind because
0: you, you you were telling me about this uh and there's it's some some fun new words you you will expand your vocabulary today but you were telling me about this and it was like
1: whoa my whole life has been a lie I never knew this. Well, we can start with that if you want. So, English um, language—I'm speaking it right now. Jake was speaking it a moment ago, and sometimes we just make up words that we have no idea what we're saying. (laughs) There's something called total reduplication in the English language, and what that is is basically just saying the same thing twice, the same sound twice. For example, yum yum, or fifty fifty, or wee wee, or (laughs) whatever—I don't know—something that's yeah, usually hyphenated, but it's a it's a word. Or a phrase that's repeated like that. And that's called total reduplication. And that sounds good to our brains because it's replicated, it's duplicated, it's repeated. A lot like any Rihanna song, Umbrella, Ella, Ella, (laughs) Ella, A, A, A. A. What a total reduplication. It, it, It is. But that's as music listeners and lovers of music, that's what hits our brains. And our brain goes, we like that. We like hearing the same thing repeatedly. We, we like that. We, we like that. And uh, like when children are learning to talk, for instance, sometimes it's easier to, l- to help them learn words when you use reduplication. So mama, dada, you want your baba, um, where, where's your bobo? I don't know. Whatever words you use with, with, boo-boo. with child speak. Yeah. Any of that kind of stuff helps them kind of grasp onto the word and remember it because their brain finds it attractive. Like it's something they want to hear. And so they, they'll remember it a little easier while they're learning words. Um, now, along the same lines is something called partial reduplication. That's where you repeat the sound, but you change something. Usually, either the first couple consonants, the first consonant, or you change the vowel sound. So, ding-dong changes the vowel sound. Itsy-bitsy just adds a consonant at the beginning. Um, Helter-skelter changes the consonants. Stuff like that. So, it's it's repeated kind of a rhyming sound. Or King Kong. I just watched the new one recently. I haven't seen it. Is
0: it was a good... It was great. I fell asleep and had to watch it again the next day. I am I was that guy.
1: (laughs) You should leave the fell asleep part out and just when you give your reviews about movies. It was great. I watched it twice. Once, night, the next time, the next day. Just, (laughs) I keep watching it. Man, old people. King Kong. King Kong. So that's partial reduplication. So let's let's get into the vowel sounds of of ping pong and tick-tock and knick-knack. This is my favorite part about this because this was the part where my mind exploded. Well, did you notice I didn't say pong ping or talk tick or knack nick? Because that's weird. It is. But why? <laughs> it, there's a rule. There's actually a rule. It's called the a blout reduplication rule. A blout reduplication.
0: I had to Google that one. And and just and if you don't feel like Googling this, a blout is one word. I, was, is. I thought maybe it was a
1: blout reduplication. This is a blout reduplication. Nope, it's a blout. And a, it's a b a or A-B-L-A-U-T? Yeah, A-B-L-A-U-T. So you can feel, there are YouTube videos, there are studies by college professors. You can read all sorts of stuff about this on the interwebs. So what is a blout reduplication? Okay, so it's a rule that says if there are three words, the vowel sounds need to go I-A-O in Always. that order. Um, I'm sure there are some exceptions, but most of the time. So let's say big bad wolf, I-A-O. Big bad wolf. Wow, that's why we don't say "bad big wolf." It just doesn't sound right Whoa. to our heads. It feels like I'm taking a bath with my socks on. It's just something's <laughs> wrong. I did that once, and it was. It took me a minute to figure out what was going on. <laughs> I'm like, why does this feel weird? That would be so weird. It was. You have to make the decision whether or not to keep your socks on. Just finish it out. Use them as washcloths. I don't know. So, besides the three words, if there are only two words in this in this reduplication, the first one will always be "I." And then the second one will be A or O. It doesn't matter which order. So you can say ping pong. The I comes first. Nick knack. The I comes first. The A comes second. Chit chat. Chit chat. Yeah. I mean, tic tacs, all of that stuff. My favorite one. Dilly dally. Dilly dally. I dilly dally a lot. Willy Wonka. The I comes first. The O comes last. Also, you know, think of horses. All four of their legs make the same sound or make, make it a clip clop. We say clip clop. We don't say, oh, that horse is clop clipping away. <laughs> that sounds funny. It, I'm going to start saying that now. You're going to clop clip. Oh man. My favorite genre of music is hop hip. (laughs) Hop hip. (laughs) Would you like a tactic? (laughs) tactic. That doesn't
0: even sound like the same thing.
1: Like a
0: tactic. Like that doesn't even, it it doesn't sound like a candy anymore. You couldn't, I would not put that in my
1: mouth. Yeah. But there is one more, like another unwritten rule in the English language, um, which kind of stems, let's use an example, little red riding hood. So adjectives in the English language must go in this order. Opinion, size, age, shape, color, origin, material, purpose, and then the noun. So little, red, riding hood, we do the size, we do the color, and uh, the I purpose. guess the purpose of the hood. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, so, that, so it has to go in that order. And that's why we say like little green men instead of green little men. When we talk about aliens, I don't know. Um, But again, what about the big bad wolf? That breaks that rule. But if you think about it, you got to go back to the first rule, I-A-O, big bad wolf. So um, those are a couple of interesting things in the English language on why words or sounds or phrases sound good or pleasing to our ears.
0: Yeah, next time somebody offers you a tic-tac, you're just going to think in your head, (laughs) tic-tic.
1: I'm going to have a tic-tic. Along those same lines musically there are chords that sound more pleasing to our ears than others there are
0: and there are other countries and parts of the world that don't necessarily adhere to to some of these rules and particularly the middle east india um you know their music they actually have like extra notes and things and we talked about this in our our sound it's weird podcast but Notes are mathematical. There, it's just a letter that's given to a a number, which is the frequency. It's how many times the
1: the wave um, rotates. Yeah, we, we talked about that. How many times the wave the waveform returns to its axis? It goes up and down and comes back to the neutral plane. How many times it does that or makes the S shape in a um, second? Right per second. So, yeah. I mean, the A in the middle of a piano, um, we call it. It's four hundred what four hundred forty hertz. Four hundred forty hertz. Yeah. So they call it A four forty. And then everything else is, can be relative to that or whatever. And to really open up a can of
0: worms that we're not going to, uh, 440 does not have to be A. And in some instruments, it's not. Um, you know, when you get into orchestra and all of that stuff. But my brain. All that aside, there, what we're about to say pertains more specifically
1: to probably most of the world, but not necessarily all of the world, um, but pop, popular music. Sure. Yeah. What you hear on the radio, what you're singing in church. All the standard traditional songs you grew up hearing in school and elementary school that your choir teacher made you sing.
0: Yeah, but not even that. I mean, turn on the radio. Anything you're hearing on your favorite mix station. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the pop station on on Sirius XM. So there is a formula to it. There absolutely is. Now, I wanna play a clip of something. The band is called Axes of Awesome. This video went viral because what they did was they played four chords and and played how many songs like a ton of songs oh yeah 30 songs or so i don't know something ridiculous with the same four chords now this went viral because that's so interesting how how mind-blowing is it that that these guys are so talented that they could write you know that they could play all of these songs with the same four chords or does it say that music that we listen to is so dumbed down and ridiculous that that oh you no know, we can't be more creative than to only use the same four chords. Yeah, that's yeah, "Don't
1: Stop Believing" by Journey. Yeah, so they're the four chords. Yeah, a few more that they're, the chord. they're going to be using. My life is brilliant. My love is
0: pure. I saw an angel.
1: James Blunt, same as sure. "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey.
0: People killing, people dying, children hurt, and you hear them crying. Can you practice?
1: Black Eyed Peas. Change? Won't you turn the other yeah.
0: cheek Forever young I wanna be Forever young I won't hit
1: some Some, no some Jason Mraz.
0: More, No more It
1: cannot wait
0: I'm your Lipstick stains
1: Train The front of the left side brains I knew I would So yeah, it's and they go on and on and on with so many popular songs using the same four chords spanning decades.
0: And
1: I mean, they get, eventually get to Bob Marley and, I mean, all the way Elby up to, you know, Black Eyed Peas like they just did a second ago.
0: So this is no accident. This is not actually that big of a mystery or really even that impressive. Now, I don't want to downplay their talents. Uh, they're very talented and the amount of time and work it takes to put something like that together. Absolutely. However, it's not actually that strange when you realize what's happening. So, these four chords are in music you if if you're a musician or have worked in the music industry, you may be familiar with the term Nashville number, yeah, the Nashville, Nashville number, number system. system or charting system, whatever. So, all that is is if you take, you know, uh, any scale has, you know, a major scale has seven notes. And you've heard them. They are Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do. Right? You've heard it. So that is a
1: typical run-of-the-mill American major scale. (laughs) Boom, boom, American flags. (laughs) But yeah, but we assign in Nashville um, and other places, but we call it the Nashville number system, we assign the first note as one. Yep. All the way up. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then back at one again. How hard was it not to sing along with the notes that you were playing? I really on? wanted to do it, <laughs> but I'm not that coordinated.
0: <laughs> so there you go. So then each of those notes has a
1: chord. And a chord, it's a triad, and we don't have to get into all of that right now. But for what you want to hear real quick, I mean, here's a one, three, five, and then a one, three, five chord. One, three, five. I played them together. It's the one chord. Here's a three minor chord. And then five chord. Now I see your hand right now, and
0: you're playing in the key of C. Yes, I am. So in the key of C, if you know anything about a piano, if you've ever seen one, what's cool about the key of C is that it uses all the white keys. Right. Not to spend too much time on this and bore you, but there are kind of some general rules. If you're going to stay in in the major scale, the major key, say the song is in the key of C, uh, and you're gonna stay in there, which most songs do. That means the one chord is always major, the two chord is always minor, the three chord is always minor, the four chord is always major, the five chord is always major, the six chord is always minor, and the seventh is weird because it's it's got two it's got it's two flats, right?
1: So many informations, right?
0: <laughs> but. Uh, So, and if you're maybe playing guitar or another instrument, that's something you have to keep tabs on. But if you're playing piano, you just play the white keys.
1: Yeah. And keep in mind right now, we've got, I mean, basically whole college semesters worth of classes that we're trying to summarize into this podcast. So stay with us here. We're, we're trying to move pretty quickly. Right. So we're going somewhere with this. So
0: in popular music, four of those seven chords in any given key uh, are four chords that we use all the time. And it's the one chord... Exactly, the four chord, the five chord, and the six chord, and it's the six minor. It's got that sad feel to it. Six major be really happy, and and would totally sound weird and be weird in progression. Um, so that one, four, five, and six are what ninety percent of all of the music we listen to is written with. Now, it doesn't matter if you're in the key of C or if you're in the key of A or G or any
1: key. Right. So if you're in the key of G, G would be your one chord. Right. So you you can transpose it easily with the number system. Right. The rule still applies. One is major. Four is major. Five
0: is major, which is like happy. And six is Minor. minor, which is sad. When you realize this, then suddenly realizing that you can play almost any song in the world (laughs) using only these four chords,
1: all you have to do is just change the order that you play them in. But keep the same four chords. But just keep the same four chords. And every now and then you can slide another chord if it calls for it. But as a rule, those four chords are pretty much all you need to write a good song. So you can play any of those chords
0: in any order you want, and suddenly you have a song. And you might start playing something and realize like, oh yeah, that sounds just like such and such song. Yeah. Well, it probably sounds
1: like A hundred other songs as well, right? Just keep playing it and see what pops into your head, and then sing along with it. And like like Jake said, it doesn't have to be in that order. It doesn't have to be one, four, five, six, one. Maybe it, maybe it's backwards: six, five, four, one.
0: Exactly. That's six, five, four, one. So, so knowing that, going back to the um, axis of awesome video, it it all. It all makes sense. What they're doing is not some sort of big mystery. It's not some sort of, oh man, nobody knows how to write songs. Essentially, they just transposed. They they put every song in the key of whatever key they chose. They they figured
1: out this information and applied it. And then, yeah. And you, I mean, anyone can do that. I challenge you to go home and set up your phone or a little video camera and play around, even on GarageBand or some kind of app. I'm sure they make apps with piano things on them now. And just play with the one, four, five, six chords and send us a little video if you have the guts (laughs) on our social media. And we'll we'll take a look at it. Send us a cool one. We want to share it. Absolutely. So if you you think you're really good at it, send it to us. We'll be the judge.
0: (laughs) I'm kidding. So, So something else I think is really cool, knowing this. Now, myself being a songwriter, you being a songwriter, having this knowledge before you ever even sit down to write a song, you know ahead of time some little tricks and tactics to be able to play with people's emotions as you're as you're forming the song.
1: Right. So if you want something to sound pretty or sad, there's a certain chord you can go to 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 kind of tug on heartstrings a little bit. Right. The one is the key of the song. It's the number
0: 1 in the scale. So anytime you play the one, you know that it's going to resolve. It's going to sound final. Right. A lot of times they'll tell you when you're just learning to maybe even write your own songs, they'll say we'll play whatever chord sounds like the song should end on. And that's probably what key it is. Right. That makes sense. That's okay. a good way of putting it. And that's, that's because that's what the one sounds like. The four is, is easily interchanged with the one. Although you'll know you can just kind of feel it. It doesn't quite sound done. The five creates a tension, not a tension, mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and the five, you'll never want to leave off on the five chord. It always will sound like, Oh, I need to go somewhere. Right. And the six sounds sad. So if you're writing a sad song, instead of going to the one, the happy, resolving pretty part, you know, pretty chord, go to the six and let that kind of be the chord that the rest of the song is written around. The landing spot, if you will. And that's a very common practice when people are writing songs. You say, I want to write a sad song. What's the first chord anybody's going to play? The minor six. six. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, in songwriting, if you want to create tension in the verses... And you don't, you know, you don't want to build up quite yet, you won't play the one, the big resolve chord, you won't play it at all. You'll play the four, the five, and the six, and you'll you'll just kind of play some order of that on the verses until the song just builds, 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 and then and you then get you to the chorus Drop into the
1: one. Drop into the one. It's just like, oh, now I can finally breathe. On the other hand, a very popular song from the motion picture soundtrack Titanic. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion actually doesn't play the one at all in the chorus. The only time that shows up is in the verse. Um, But it does create this emotion right? because she doesn't land on the one in the choruses. Now,
0: Now, I loved learning this because when I was young, I wanted to write songs. And I always felt like I wasn't being very creative because it was like, man, I'm just playing the same, you know, even, even sometimes when I'm working with artists, be like, I only know four chords. Like it's like, they only know four chords. Well, wait a minute. Well,
1: <laughs> You can write almost any song on planet earth with only those four chords or even just three of them. And that's a great starting spot. Just play with those. So you're very, very comfortable with it. And then you can start experimenting with some of the other chords that exist um, just to kind of change it up. Once you know the rules, you can break them. So that is when you hear songs, when you hear music,
0: it will be less of a mystery to you now. Uh, and as songwriters, the the people writing these songs, they know how you're going to react. They know what it feels like to hear a five chord. They know what it feels like to hear a six chord or a two, a minor two or a minor three, which are fun and, and unique sounding. Um, and so they'll they'll put them in there intentionally because they know it's going to create a certain emotion for you while you're listening to this lyric. And it just sets a nice, uh, it you know, it sets
1: the the atmosphere for the song. <laughs> and you guys thought we were just sitting in the recording studio, hitting record with whatever guitarists come in here with. We're, we're changing chords when we're producing songs to invoke emotion or to set, kind of set a mood or create energy or set up the next chorus, which is going to be a big drop on the one. Um, but we do that on purpose and intentionally with this formula. So it's something that we think about every day in our careers. Um, but now you know the secret. So when you're listening to the radio or your iPods or whatever, check it out. See what you hear. So there's some really cool statistics on this. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, a, a guy named Dave Carlton did his own independent study of 1,300 songs. Ooh, that's a lot of songs. And uh, took every one of them, imported into this huge like database what chord progress, or the chords, in order that they happen for a verse and chorus of all of those 1,300 songs. So he cataloged them all in this huge spreadsheet, which I think is actually available online if you search this. Um, Again, his name is Dave Carlton. And he came up with a a whole bunch of interesting conclusions that I found intriguing, such as the number one by far chord in a song, in any song of the 1300 that he picked apart and analyzed is the C chord. So the C chord appears in 26% Of all the songs, over a fourth of all of them. Wow. And then the next common is G, which is only in 12%. So almost one in four songs, or a little bit more than one in four songs that you're listening to on the radio have a C in it. I wonder if that has to do with C being pleasing
0: to our ears, or if it has more to do with on a a keyboard. (laughs) Anything you play in the key of C is easy because it's all just the white keys. (laughs) I don't know. That's why I would write in C is if I were especially if I were on piano, is because I don't have to worry about the black
1: keys. I, I'm not very good at the black keys. So if I have to play piano or keyboard or program something, I always transpose it to C and then just kind of move it back to where it needs to be. Which means you're playing the C notes. I'm only playing the white keys. But then you just bump it up to whatever key it's supposed to be on. <laughs> yeah, using the software on my computer. It's it's cheating, but you know, hey, music it's all fake. <laughs> um <laughs> so this guy, after he took these thirteen hundred songs and analyzed them, he then converted them all, transposed them all to the key of C. So they're all on an equal playing field. So the number one chord and all these songs are now C. And he looked at that, and you know, C being the bass note, the, the number one in in the chart for that song, is probably gonna be most common, but actually, F and G are used just as often. F which, and G. F and G. G and F. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but in the key of the song, if C is one, F is four, and G is five, which backs up our conclusion of what we just talking about a second ago. Yeah, one, four, five. Um, so interestingly though, F and G actually show up in more chord progressions than C does. Even though C is the tonal center, and you might think that would be the most common note in these songs, F and G actually showed up a little bit more in those songs. I
0: like that you were really careful to say that. Well,
1: it sounds F- worth saying F and G.
0: And G. <laughs> um, and, and really quick. It's not a mystery. The, these numbers, if you hold your fingers up and just count like you did when you were in kindergarten, you can count one, two, three, right? So C, D, E, F, G. We're on five, but there's still two more notes in the scale. Cause there's only, there's only seven total. So we have reset on a. and B is seven. So, uh, so anytime you're ever just, huh, okay, I think the song's in C. Are they going to the four? You can, if you forget, you can just count. C, D, E,
1: F is four. G is five. Just nerd talk. <laughs> nerd talk. But that's the stuff that I like. And that's the stuff that I hope you like. That's why you're listening. Fun fact, actually. So if you write a song in C and end up playing an E minor chord in it, Which is the three, but a three minor. Ninety-three percent of the time, the next chord you'll go to is going to be an A minor or an F major chord. Which an F major would just be the very next chord up, right? So it'd be going to the four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in the key of C, it's going. I mean, again, breaking rules. If you know how to, if you if you know the rules, you can break them. But if you write in the key of C with an E minor. 93% 93% of the time, the next one will be A minor or F major. That's just an interesting fact, I thought. Yeah, well, that and that's cool, especially if I'm sitting down trying to write a song and
0: I want to go to the three minor, where am I going to go? Well, I know, obviously, most
1: of the time, people are going to this chord because it sounds good. Sure. Um, do we know why it sounds good? There are There are sciences that go into it, like right. the ratio between this chord and this chord the interval is a certain ratio which your brain wants to hear and like mathematical, even number type things, um, like move, moving by a fifth of an interval, which is from the one to the five. That's pleasing. That sounds nice. It's weird to go like this, from the one to the seven. That is not pretty. That's my favorite chord. <laughs> no, so the one to the five, it's a fifth. The second rule of why this might sound pleasing is, is if you keep all the notes in the chord the same but change one so going from major to minor or minor to major an example being this major changing one note to that one minor so from sounds happy little, sad yeah happy sad but that's pleasing want to take that take that another step uh
0: so you play this c major or c major Now, all you have to do is move your pinky up one white key. And now play the chord. Now we're A minor. So now you've just, you're still in the key of C. You've just gone from the major one to the minor six. So going from there and going right back changing nothing but one note and you've just completely altered the entire feel and atmosphere of the song or the progression, whatever you're playing right now.
1: Yeah, it creates some sort of emotion. It changed it. And that was one note in the same in the same chord, essentially. Um, so that's the second rule of why it might sound pleasing to your ears. And the third one is like a surprise change. So if you're singing a song and all of a sudden you go to the bridge and everything just changes, sometimes it's a key change, sometimes like, whoa, where did that chord come from? But your brain kind of likes it. Um, Who doesn't like a surprise party? (laughs) Um, And and so let's look at, I mean, Katy Perry. You're hot and you're cold. You're yes and you're no. Whatever. I don't know the words. Um, The progression in that one is one, five, two minor, four. So that would be this. Yeah which is pleasing to my ears, but the first interval from one to five is a fifth. That's pleasing. Then from the fifth to the two minor, it's a fifth, but it changes from major to minor. So it goes like this. Pleasing to your ears. And then from there to the four, which is a one note change. Yeah.
0: That's unpacking the mystery. Well, and if you want to hear a band that loves loves the two chord and has you know it gives them their signature sound and they're by far not the only band to do it but one republic they have a lot of songs that like to kind of dance around that two minor chord and so if you ever listen to one republic and you're like they just have this kind of cool eerie unique vibe it's that's why it's the two yeah because it's not one of the four chords that most songs use
1: once you know the rules you can break them one four five and six Oh, I wrote down a quote, actually, that I wanted to share with you. I have it right here. Um, A guy named Daniel J. Levitin uh, wrote a book called This Is Your Brain on Music, The Science of a Human Obsession, which I read through a lot of that um, in looking up information and researching stuff for this podcast. And I copied this quote in here because I thought it was interesting. The best place to look at expectation in the musical brain is in how we track chord sequences in music over time. The most important way that music differs from visual art is that it is manifested over time. As tones unfold sequentially, they lead us, our brains and our minds, to make predictions about what will come next. These predictions are an essential part of musical expectations. Wow. That's so it's, it's kind really of a great point. Yeah, it's like a timeline. It's a it's over time an art form that kind of, you know, blooms and blossoms. So you're like, your brain tries to predict what comes next all the time. It's processing information and it fills in the gaps itself. Same with music. We're unfolding this musical art. Like you don't know what's going to happen next. Or do you, if you know these progressional rules. So um, I think Daniel Levitin said it really well. And I, I thought that was cool. So I wanted to share it with you. I think that's really cool. And I also, uh, as, you, as you read that, um,
0: had me thinking part of the reason I'm sure that we like these four chords is because we 're used to it, our brains like knowing what's coming next repetition right and so we then uh, we then are able to kind of predict and therefore it 's pleasing to our minds to hear what we thought was going to happen yeah um, and you know of course, a good surprise is a good surprise, and that can also be very pleasing and intriguing and all songwriters are trying to you know trick your brain and say oh didn't see that coming but it does have to sound good you can't just play right any old chord just to be different and some people do it's called jazz
1: (laughs) i'm just kidding totally kidding uh but yeah it's i'm turning this podcast off (laughs) (laughs) uh because that's what what jazz listeners sound like by the way apparently no i don't know no okay well so hopefully we've kind of pulled back the
0: curtain a little bit on popular music. When you're listening to your favorite bands, when you turn on the radio, whether it's an, like a song from the 50s or 60s, or it's a song that came out yesterday, they're all using these same ideas and same rules. And most of them
1: are still using the same four chords. Ooh. Oh, real quick, before we end this podcast, there's something you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, We were talking about how certain chord progressions can, you know, invoke or promote certain types of feelings or emotions. And there's actually a popular song by Leonard Cohen, made popular by Jeff Buckley, and has since been done, I'm sure, by the cast of Glee and every, every string arrangement you can ever think of, because it's a phenomenal song. And it's very emotional, and he explains how it's emotional in the lyrics. So here's Jeff Buckley's rendition of the Hallelujah song. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift. The baffled king composing
0: hallelujah. Oh, my goodness! I could just listen to that song over and over again. I think I have listened to
1: that song over and over again.
0: You know, I just recently heard another podcast called revisionist history. You definitely should check it out. It's really cool. Especially if you're no, especially if you're, (laughs) especially if you're human, especially if you're human, (laughs) you should check it out. But, uh, their episode number seven is the, the entire podcast is about this song and, and, and this really great story
1: about Leonard Cohen and Jeff Buckley. Um, just a little side note there, but it's, it's huge power anthem now. Like everybody knows this song. And uh, it's, it's awesome that as a songwriter, he decided to spell out exactly what he's doing. Yes. So
0: it's no mystery. It's not some sort of mind-blowing, how did they do that when someone can come out and, and play only four chords and go through 30 different songs. It's because, yeah, well, that's, that's what we've always done. And we like it. As human beings, we enjoy it. And, you know, the the fun as a producer of course you want to make sure that the chords fit and that they're right and sound good but at that point then you have to say how do i take these four chords that have been used hundreds if not thousands of times throughout history and make them sound interesting
1: and unique and unique exactly so they're they're not that's a copycat of all the other thousands of songs that use the same four chords so next time you're bashing your your you know favorite or least
0: favorite band for oh that sounds like some other song Well, really, if you just stop and think about it, they all
1: sound like all other songs. Only a certain amount of notes to use. Right. But uh, it's entertaining. To me. And I do like Axis of Awesome, the guys who did the four chord songs. I'm going to listen to it again. That is absolutely incredible. In fact, we'll take you out with it. Be sure to hit us
0: up on social media. Ooh, yes, all the socials. We really want to know what you think. I'm serious. This is something that's really important to us. Uh, we love doing this podcast, we love uh, all the feedback that we've gotten so far.
1: Yeah, uh, Instagram and Twitter. At turned up Podcast And facebook.com slash
0: turneduppodcast. If you follow us on Instagram, we have already asked you what you think. Don't be afraid to hit us back. We really want to know. What do you want to hear about? We're not trying to fluff our egos
1: either. If we're not doing a good well, job, Robert with this, is. I'm We're not trying to fluff Jake's ego. It's just go. my ego. Right. So tell me how good I'm doing and uh, tell me how Jake can improve. No, but for real, I mean, how, what do you think about the podcast? We've done eight episodes so far. And are, are they too long, too short? Are we talking too much? Do we not talk enough? Is there something we're not getting into enough detail about? Are, are we talking over your heads? Are we talking to you like your first graders? We'd love the honest feedback.
0: And, and one other thing that, uh, you know, on the topic of wanting to talk about more things, there is something that I wasn't able to mention uh, during the podcast today, and that is happy birthday. Oh. Uh, Robert celebrated his
1: 100th birthday uh, this week. I and thought we were going to make it through a whole podcast where you neglected mentioning... Are you kidding me? Well, you do love me. <laughs> <laughs> but for
0: real, man, happy birthday. Uh, if if you, Again, if you follow us on our, on our socials, you knew that. We made sure to
1: post about it, but uh, this guy is awesome and really freaking old. Uh, really, really old. Thank you for that. <laughs> Gee- geezer style. It's my favorite compliment so far. Also, feel free to Hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening to our podcast on. No, 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 no! Don't even feel free. I command thee. You are now commanded by Jake Jones to subscribe. <laughs> and not only that, I mean, give us our review there and rate us from one to five stars, five being the best. In case there's any kind of misclarification about that,
0: <laughs> I do have to say, uh, this week, if you've been on our iTunes page, uh, I, I, I don't, I can't say that I know exactly what's going on. But someone, and I feel like it might be another podcaster,
1: who is upset that we're sitting up at the top of the charts. You know, don't even say anything. Go check it out. Go see what's going on with our ratings and our, our reviews and scroll through there and take a look and see what you think. Now, we are we are talking to iTunes about this right now, and they may or
0: may not be able to do anything about it, but it is quite interesting. And I have to say, I'm honored that someone hates us enough to waste <laughs> that much time to try to take our podcast down. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, it's what a weird world we live in.
0: This podcast brought to you by Real Sound Productions.
1: Yeah, thank you for giving us a platform to to actually express ourselves and our factual knowledge to you, the listener. Yeah, this podcast is engineered, recorded, and edited by Robert Venable, mixed by Mr. Jake Jones, and listened to by Say Your Name Here. (laughs) I think I'm going to start saying that every podcast, Your Name Here clever. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to jump into something that I think we'll, we'll have you covered. Oh, cover songs. Maybe songs that you didn't know were cover songs. And bands and musicians who have made a living and popularity gained from covering other people's songs.
0: You know, it really is crazy. Even in our research throughout other podcasts we've done, I've been floored at how many huge, insanely popular songs turn out to just
1: be cover songs and you don't know it because they became even more popular by the artists that covered them. We did a lot of research on this one. There's one song in particular I had no idea was a cover song. Um, So I can't wait to share that with you. You better tune in next time to episode nine when we talk about cover songs. And until then, Nashville signing out. Peace.